Hey guys, welcome back to the Karina Talks Too Much podcast. You're on episode number 38 and buckle up buttercup. The next five episodes will all be with yours truly. I've got a special series on aging well coming your way. I'm going to be going over the five balancing acts that we all struggle with in aging well from eating healthy, moving our bodies, getting the proper amount of sleep. I mean, that's the struggle is real there, right, mamas? Well, I'm talking all about these factors that go into aging well, and specifically today I'm speaking to stress management. Also, how not or mismanaging our stress, pardon me, can contribute to the onset of perimenopause and menopause. I specifically chose this topic because this happened with me in my life in the last couple of years, and I will tell you I was pissed off when I found out that hot flashes wasn't all this thing was. I go over the 34 most common symptoms of perimenopause and maybe help you understand the difference between just maybe thinking you're depressed and hormones. So big difference Uh, you know, hormones can cause depression, so it can be a chicken and egg situation, and I am not a doctor qualified enough to handle your convoluted questions. So I'm going to stop you right there and just let you know that this is an episode I recorded to have you uh, think towards yourself and have questions that maybe you can take to your doctor and ask and maybe get some answers. So talking all about our luteal phases, um, how we can manage our stress within our lives to really keep healthy longer and how to age well. So if you're ready for me, booby, away we go. Welcome to the Karina Talks Too Much podcast. I'm your host, Karina Lanting, a holistic entrepreneur and gluten-free goddess swimming into your eardrums from the west coast of Canada. Hey yo. So did you ever have a phrase that just kind of followed you around? Talks too much was on pretty much every report card I think I ever had. And I never really did see it as a bad thing, you know? Today I'm using my gift to talk too much about issues that are important to me and my community. The Karina Talks Too Much podcast is a place where women gather for inspiration, education, and to engage in the sisterhood of running wild into our greatness. Listen in on my conversations with inspiring guests where we share real talk discussions about issues that face women every day in life and business. We talk too much about our daily habits in health and wellness, our mentorships, and systems we use to rise up and get you excited about what your next steps could look like. So get inspired to run wild with your own goals by learning from my flossom guests on the show. That's right, flawless and awesome, I went there. And be sure to hang out with us online at all our favorite social hotspots. Warm up your coffee and tighten that top knot, boo-boo. Get ready to settle in for the next 30 minutes with me as I introduce you to your next best friend. hey Did you miss that? Welcome back, guys. Hi. Sorry I've been... It's It's been a hot minute, hasn't it? It sure has. Well, I'm just going to dive right into it because I've got a lot to say today. But hi, giving you all the little snuggly hugs and stuff that I wish that I could do in real life. Actually, maybe some of you are creepy. I don't know if I'd want to do that in pandemic times. Anyways, hey guys, welcome back. I am pumped. I've got the next five episodes lined up for you all about aging well. Say what now? Yeah, so um, here's the thing. Um, I'm getting older and I 
don't mind the process. I like the process. I like getting more knowledge. And I always say I'm like building my brain bigger, you know. Um, but it's definitely a balancing act. And that's something that I'm learning as I'm getting older. That it's There's no hiding around it. There really is a balancing act to it to kind of stay sane. And so the next five episodes I'm dedicating to what I think are the five balancing acts of aging well. So movement, sleep, nutrition, and supplements, and stress management are the five for me that are they ebb and flow if they're if we're looking at, you know, a picture of a piece of pie. Some pieces of the pie are bigger and better than other pieces of the pie, right? Like I'm really good at sleeping. Moving, not really good at it. So <laughs> these are the five things that I'm going to be focusing on in the next five episodes that you're going to be listening to. And today I'm going to be talking specifically about stress management. Is it hormones or depression? Is that a question that you've been asking yourself, especially in these really weird times of COVID-19 and the pandemic? I know I've asked myself this question for a couple years now is it my hormones or is this depression? And so today I'm talking about a topic that maybe we don't hear enough growing up as young women. This one's definitely for the ladies. Guys, I encourage you to stay so you can understand your woman better. You can understand your mom, your sister, your daughter, whoever better, please stay. Um, But today we're talking about perimenopause and the signs of perimenopause as we age. This is something that hit me like a ton of fucking bricks a couple years ago. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory in a bit, but you know, not knowing the signs of what to look for other than just like, I'm not getting my period really kind of fucked me up for a little bit. So today this episode is dedicated all to managing our stress, how stress can induce situations like perimenopause and full blown menopause. And just sort of like the signs and symptoms of these things that like we should really know about. And when are we going to teach them to our people? Like soon, right? Soon? In public school? With boys and girls? Please? Pretty please? I'll, I'll come in and do it. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Anyways, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit and talk about stress management. So basically when I say stress management... Um, I hope you know I'm talking about just like a set of techniques or programs or like what, like rituals that are intended to help you deal more effectively with the stress that's in your life, right? By analyzing maybe what those stressors are and taking steps in the right direction to minimize those effects on you. So this is like when you want to freak out, but you count to five and don't. (laughs) That is stress management. That like five second process of counting to five is your stress management level or, or whatever, right? So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about stress management. And everybody has different ways that we manage stress because stress isn't something that only some of us have, right? Boo-boos, like everybody has stress. It's not going anywhere. It is something that we are going to have in our life, whether we learn to deal with it or not. So it's in our best interest to deal with it. Because as we know, a lot of health conditions are derivative of stress or stress can be one of the combinations in the trifecta of awfulness that's contributing to disease and illness. Stress is one of these things. So learning how to manage our stress is definitely something that we could all probably get a little better of a handle on, right? So in most cases, like I'm talking about 
bringing her back to menopause here. And I just want to tell you, I'm not a doctor, so don't get up on my grill on Twitter about how I said shit. I'll tell you that everything I've got from credible sources like the Mayo Clinic, I will have a blog post attributed to all of this that you can go and click through and find all these resources that I talk about. But I'm not a doctor, so just take what I say as a grain of salt. So bringing her back to menopause, perimenopause, there is actually no known known reason why we go through this. I'm thinking it's because we're done. We've done this for long enough. We've either produced the babies or we haven't, and we're done with the whole situation, right? Well, stress, poor diet, heavy drinking, smoking, all of these things can also play a role in getting early menopause or perimenopause, like we, like we say. So learning how to manage our stress is in our best interest because sometimes when we are in a stress state, we're making poor lifestyle choices, which are then compounding these bad choices into a really bad situation, right? So you're stressed, you're eating crappy, you've, you've decided to take up smoking, you're going to drink too. Okay, well, all that is a chemical shitstorm now happening that like stress on its own was like not great, but then you're going to do this for a hot minute? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Not good things, right? Okay, just wanted to take that one, right? Flashcard, flashing it on the screen if you could see me. Let's be real, because that's what I do here. I speak real. So if you're more stressed, you're more likely to engage in these behaviors, right? So I also think not knowing things can lead to stress. So not knowing all of these signs and symptoms of perimenopause also was stressing me out, boo-boo, because then once I started looking, I was like, what the hell is happening? Why didn't I learn this in elementary school along with the, all the sex ed? Like, this is a whole situation, right? So I'm going to tell you right now that I have three boys. Maybe you know that, maybe you don't. And I am raising them to know what a period is. They know when mommy is having her period. They're learning to nurture another human being when menstruating. And now if you had a problem with that sentence, it made your skin just kind of prick a little bit. You've been conditioned to believe our reproduction systems are inconvenient. Can you even believe this shit? Inconvenient to repopulate the earth. Okay, well, we're pretty early into this podcast, so I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole, but I am teaching my children how to be there for a person when they need it during their menstrual cycle. Like, help a sister out. Mom's not at full capacity, right? We'll learn these things. We'll get into the public school. We will. So before I want to talk about perimenopause, I want to talk about the four life cycles, I guess you will, of our hormones. Because as women, we don't just have, could you imagine, we don't just have like a flat line of hormones or even just this like really cool wavy waves of hormones. We have literal life cycles, hormonal life phases, if you will, um, as we grow up. And so it's really important to understand what they are. So obviously the very first one is puberty mid-adolescence. This is the beginning of our very first period, around 12, 13 years old. Um, they can be irregular for a little while and take some time to become ovulatory, which means like on a set system, right? But all is good, puberty mid-adolescence. 
Okay, so in the late adolescence and childbearing years, a lot of other things can be happening here. We can be getting uh, menstrual cycle dysfunction, so luteal phase defects, LPD, or polycystic ovary syndrome, right, PCOS. Symptoms of those I'm not going to get into right now because I'm in the next step. <laughs> I'm in the very many fellas steps, so that's what's really interesting to me. But definitely look into that if you are having any kind of symptoms that are attributed to your menstrual cycle that don't feel right. Okay, so other things that can happen are things like hypothyroidism during our pregnancies. Pregnancy in itself is a rocker. Like that is a wild fucking ride for your body and the hormone situation that it's in. So let's just give that its grace, right, during our childbearing years. But that whole seaside, rocky side is happening. And then the third stage is our perimenopause stage, right? So this is where um, usually we're told after 40, right? Like in the 40 to 45 age group, yeah, this is where perimenopause starts to hit. And this is where it's like, mm, maybe your menstrual cycle is starting to change in length. Maybe there's longer intervals between the periods. Um, maybe there's shorter, right? But not until you haven't had a period for 12 consecutive months are you in full-on menopause? Okay, so, and then that's the final, that's the final stage um, when we shrivel up and die. Kidding, everybody loves a little bit of humor, so just relax, that's what I'm here for. Um, but today I'm gonna be talking about the perimenopause symptoms because I feel like a lot of my listeners could be in this stage and you're thinking, am I depressed, am I hormonal, what the fuck is happening to me? Okay, so you understand we have all these different phases, I went over it. Now, talking about perimenopause is when shit's gonna get real because when I started looking into this, when I started having some symptoms, like I'm talking like one or two, I thought it was like one or two symptoms. Oh, I've got a migraine. Oh, my periods are like longer and heavier. And like, what's happening? Things, things aren't the same. Um, I thought there'd be like some crossover of symptoms from other things, but I was shook when I realized I got a compiled list here of about 34 pretty common symptoms to people that have perimenopause that I was like, whoa, whoa, that's from this. That's from this. I'm not crazy. Oh, my poor family. Okay. So we're going to get into that right now. Number one, the very first symptom, we know it. Say it with me. Hot flashes. <laughs> oh, Auntie Ellen or whatever over there is having her hot flash. We've got to open the window and fly open the doors and everybody's got to fucking freeze because she's burning up inside. Okay, hot flashes actually happen. This is about 75% of women have this as a symptom. So this is when you're like, it feels like a red rising, just like happening all of a sudden on your chest, on your neck, on your face. You're just overheated and sweaty, Chris Farley mess. And you don't even know where it came from. Number one symptom. I'm not going to go over them all in this detail, but like we all hear about it. So anyways, number two, night sweats. That's when we wake up and it's just like your sheets are wet, sweating uncontrollably. Yup, check. Number three, irregular periods, right? So I kind of talked about that already. Mood swings are a really big one, high up on the list. Most women, it says about 27% of menopausal women experience mood swings. Bitch, please, that's a conservative number. I'd say it's way higher than that. Uh, next symptom, vaginal dryness. Oh, no wonder nobody wants to fuck when you're older, right? So just like sell your shit, get some fun toys and lubricants and you'll be fine. Decreased libido though. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do about that? 
So we've already kind of established that these are all due to hormones, right? And your hormone levels are dropping and rising and changing. And as you're going through menopause, your sex hormones, specifically testosterone, drop dramatically. So you might not want to be doing the funky afternoon delight, but like, whatever. That's not my job here is to figure out how that works for you. Next, seven, headaches. Headaches, of course, headaches are going to happen when we're having hormonal dysfunction. It's not even dysfunction. It's just imbalance and bouncing back out. Migraines are like the number one thing for me was the sign of like something's not right. Uh, breast soreness, burning mouth, joint pain. Like you guys, I'm on, like, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on symptom number 10 and I'm like, check, 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 check. I have all of these already. Okay. Next digestion problems. This can be attributed to hormones. Um, really, changes to hormones and other major body parts leads to stomach upset, like bloating, indigestion, constipation, diarrhea, cramps, anything like that. So of course, if we are even going to the root of medication for our menopause, there's going to be a huge change, disruptive changes to our digestive problems. So that is definitely something to look out for. The next one you're going to love electric shocks. So when you're like almost about to have one of those hot flashes, you're uh, like, you're almost more inclined to have an electric shock as well. So like if you're finding you're getting more electric shocks when you're like touching things and stuff like this, it is common that you're going to get a hot flash after like, isn't what? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I can't even make this shit up. Next. Muscle tension. So just, I mean, this can be obviously linked to our stress levels and anxiety, right? Feeling of tightness in our muscles, like straining. Gum problems. This was something I was like, there's no way because I have gum problems. There's no fucking way. 10 to 40% of perimenopausal women have gum problems or like a metallic taste in their mouth. So I had that every single pregnancy I had with my kids. I could taste pennies. It was the worst. Every day, all day, pennies. Pennies in my fucking mouth. I'm really fired up about this, obviously, because I think I'm at like five or six F-bombs. So I'm really, I, I'm sorry to all the little ones on the ride to school. You're not still here. Mom's dropped you off already. It's fine. Okay. So gum problems. Look out for that, bubbles. I'm about halfway through the list. Tingling extremities. Okay. Yep. Itchy skin. So your collagen levels drop when you're going through perimenopause and menopause. It's Your collagen is what's responsible for keeping your skin plump and firm and healthy and beautiful and like, what's her name? Blake Lively and Gossip Girl circa 2004. I don't even know what that show is on then. Anyways, that's what our collagen is good for. And so once that starts withering away, our skin can become dry and itchy so making sure you have a really good intensive moisturizer here, not trying to upsell, but upselling, um, is really effective. Next, fatigue, anxiety, disrupted sleep. These are also signs of very menopause. Hair loss, memory lapses, and difficulty concentrating. This, my friends, has been my life. I thought it was directly related to a concussion that I had suffered about 18 months ago, and I'm still not sure if it's like the chicken before the egg situation. If I got a concussion and then it kicked into all these perimenopause um, symptoms, which is possible. I've Googled that. I've found evidence supporting this theory. Or if 
the concussion symptoms are worse because I was close to perimenopause. Menopause. Okay. Yeah. These are the things that keep me up at night. This is why I have difficulty concentrating. Okay. Next, the infamous weight gain. Okay. So for me, this has been the extra on the backs of my arms, the jowls on my face, my big booty pal. I ain't mad at it. I'm just saying it's, that's where it went for me. Dizzy spells, again, I thought was from my concussion. I don't know. Bloating. Stress incontinence. So um, that's like regular incontinence can happen, obviously, due to childbirth because we shit out a fucking watermelon. But this can also increase around menopause. So this could be more related to age than um, the actual menopause process. So like, just keep that into mind that it could just be more of function. Um of the bladder and not form of hormones. Okay, brittle nails, allergies, things that you were able to tolerate before, now all of a sudden you can't. Oh, irregular heartbeat. Okay, so this is a big one. Women are more prone to heart attacks than women as well. So this is something to keep in mind that it could be something else as well. Okay, body odor. Okay, so you're gonna sweat, cool, but now you're gonna stink. Yeah, that's a thing. Irritability, depression, and panic disorder. Why save these for the fucking tail end of this list? I don't know, but here's where they are. So here's a little story. After I had my concussion, I would spend the day <clears throat> just trying to avoid stimuli, really. And I had just started the podcast. I'd launched, um, I think, like four episodes, maybe, like pre-banked ones. And the thought of recording more was just like, are we kidding? What happens in the universe when I decide to do something and then this shit happens? It's like, no, 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 no. That's cute. You can't. Um, so I would spend the day just sort of sitting on the couch and like six hours would go by and I wouldn't even know it. And so all of a sudden I'd be like, I have to get the kids or like life would start again. And I'd be so fucking irritable about having to like be broken out of basically like not living, not even just like existing on my couch. Right. That it finally dawned on me where it was like, this isn't depression. This is like, there's more at hand here because I'm a smart person. And I know that like, there's more to life than sitting on my couch with like, I'm not kidding. The TV wasn't even on people. Yeah. Yeah. So the irritability, depression, and panic disorder were real things for me. Again, don't know if it was the concussion or the perimenopause, but all that started to happen around the same time for me. So it's very easy for me to relate the two and kind of confound it. So the last symptom uh, or sign of perimenopause, of course, is the one we think only happens to little old ladies, osteoporosis. Doesn't just happen to little old ladies, guys. It happens to everyone. It doesn't happen to everyone. What the fuck am I saying? Um, <laughs> just mind your calcium uptake, know what you're eating, and uh, that'll be another episode for another day. I'm going to talk all about nutrition, but having your calcium levels, like knowing what they are, taking a supplement, this is like all good things that you can do to just help prevent osteoporosis from happening. Because once that bone loss happens, you can't get it back. Okay, so I talked a little bit about the risk factors and complications that can maybe lead into perimenopause sooner. I'm going to breeze over those again really quick. Smoking, right? That's one of them. Uh, onset of menopause occurs maybe one to two years sooner in women that smoke than women who don't smoke. Uh, so lots of information supporting that fact there. 
Family history, I mean, genetics obviously is going to play a role in your own evolution, if you will. <laughs> so that's definitely something. Cancer treatment is also another, um, <clears throat> pardon me, risk factor. So if you've had any kind of chemotherapy or pelvic radiation therapy, linked to early menopause. And then a hysterectomy as well. And that's when you remove your uterus and not your odory, uh, ovaries. What's the ovaries so it doesn't usually cause menopause but you no longer have your periods and your ovaries still produce that estrogen so um that surgery can maybe onset menopause at an earlier age maybe even if you only have like one functioning ovary or had one removed um then things are going to slow down even sooner right and that makes sense right we all know how that yeah okay complications when to see a doctor again I'm not your doctor boo. go to a doctor if your bleeding is extremely heavy if it's lasting for you know longer than normal if it's like longer than seven days uh, if you're getting bleeding between periods if your uh, two periods are less than three weeks apart go to your doctor because this is signs that there's a problem with your reproductive system as a whole and you're going to need some, uh, you're going to need some help, boo, boo. <laughs> so there's a little bit about perimenopause, what to look for. I'm trying to be like your big sis and really just like say this shit to you so you know what to look for. There's so many symptoms. You're not crazy. It's hormones, boo. And that blanket statement that you might get from people, of, it's hormones. And then no actual specific follow-up of what about those hormones are causing the thing. That's got to stop. We got to stop just being like, oh, it's hormones. No, actually, this hormone is causing me X, Y, Z to do da 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 That's the important part of the conversation that's never been had. So I'm going to break in here real quick from a message for me and my online store and how you can age well. Be sure to come back for all the strategies on how to manage your stress. Ready? Okay. The truth about how I age so well, it's how I live. From putting down my phone, drinking lots of water, trying to reduce stress, self-affirmations, nourishing my gut, and just getting out there and connecting with nature. It's these conscious, mindful choices we make every day that show up on our skin. Introducing you to AgeWell, an innovative vegan skincare collection with a holistic approach to aging, using a mind-body-skin philosophy. With Bakuchiol, a more gentle plant-based alternative to retinol, just as powerful in reducing the look of wrinkles and uneven skin tone. This trifecta also includes dermatologist go-to vitamin C and plant stem cell extract for a vibrant looking glow. If this isn't enough, we also ship carbon neutral, have a wicked recycling program for all those weird little hard to recycle product parts, and a charitable foundation that gives back to youth in your area. Did I also mention we're certified B Corps? Take advantage of this special offer available now in my online shop, where you can receive a free vegan leather travel case along with your purchase of the AgeWell Restorative Skincare Collection. Learn more about shopping with a purpose and me and caring for your mind, body, and skin. It's up to you. How will you age? Live well, age well. Shop now at KarinaTalksToMuch.com. Okay, dokie. So now I want to breeze into ways that we can manage stress because I feel like I've just been like delivering you all this like bad news bears and then, okay, bye. 
see you in a week on the next episode. No, I want to talk to you on ways that we can learn to manage our stress and get that piece of the pie the right proportion to our exercise, to our nutrition, to our supplements, to all, you know, our sleep, all the things. So the ways, number one, I know I joked about this at the beginning of the episode, but like freaking hats off, jokes aside, exercising regularly Studies have shown, actually, where was that? I don't usually write things down while I'm podcasting because I like to just go up the fly, but there was so much information here that I needed to like write a lot down. Um, But some of the information that I found, some of the studies found that, uh, yeah, women in age groups of 40 to 44 had the highest participation rate for sports. So that means that we're not just shriveling up and dying, we're still exercising and exercising regularly. And the ones that do are able to offset perimenopause symptoms longer. The number one technique to manage your stress, to stay healthy, to keep your mind fit. Guys, we're going into this in another episode, but it's to exercise regularly. Your your body cannot fight stress better um, than when it's fit. So things that maybe you can be like, I hate exercising, but I'm going to do this thing. That's kind of like exercising me to say that I exercise. Are you one of those? Cause I'm one of those. Okay. Those are things like meditation, um, Tai Chi, yoga, you know, bordering on Pilates, but we're moving, we're moving now. Okay. So exercising, I'm not kidding. Find something that you like to do and do it often. It doesn't have to be organized sports. It doesn't have to be a class. For me, I am a get outside and go skateboarding or skiing or swimming or kayaking. Like I don't like to do the same thing twice. And I just, otherwise it's boring. I don't want to do it. I don't want to exercise. If you see me on a treadmill, like something's wrong with me. Freaking get me off of there because I'm clearly not right in the head. Um, but that shit ain't for me, that, but maybe it's for you. And that's awesome because you're a data person and you love knowing all the calories you burned and the hills that you climbed and the level you were at. Boo. I can feel it for you. Just do it. Just do the thing that you love, but just make sure that you get that exercise in there. Um, so the next thing you can do to help manage stress and you know, I preach this like you're fat at Jemima. Eat healthy, well-balanced meals. So I'm going to give you a list of the things that you can't eat. And I want you to like really listen. Don't eat anything that's dirty or moldy. Don't eat anything that you're allergic to. Everything else is fine. Everything else is fine. You just need to balance your meals. So if that's something that you struggle with, that is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I hear you, I feel you, I offer support and guidance to you. Uh, specifically, I help people transitioning, pardon me, transitioning into a gluten-free diet uh, due to diagnosis or illness. However, I am here to really try and inspire to live a whole sustainable life. So make sure you're following along with my Instagram at Create Talks Too Much. I'm always sharing what I'm growing in my garden, simple meals that we're making, all that kind of stuff. So eating healthy, well-balanced meals, so important for managing stress. Even the act of making that meal, if you're deriving stress from that, find a way to not. So for me, I was. 
And so the stress I found was just not having the specialty products available to me really close by, uh, easy to access, uh, easy to just pick up off the shelf and put in my cart with my three little monkeys around the cart. Like that was my stressor. So I sourced out, um, I sourced out groceries. I sourced out grocery delivery. And I was thinking about it this morning in the shower that I started this when my youngest, I was pregnant with him about six months and he's going to turn seven next month. So I've been doing this for just over seven years, the grocery delivery. And I cannot tell you the amount of joy it's brought me in way of not being able, not having to go to the store to get all the things and do, you know, the shit part of it, but also being able to order all my groceries while looking at the ingredient list from my clean computer screen. <laughs> Anyways, it made the joy of cooking so much better because I didn't have to stress about making sure the ingredients were there. They were there. So all I had to do was prepare these great meals that I'd find on the internet, right? So that was for me how I was able to manage that stress that wasn't going away, right? I keep coming back to that. Stress isn't something that's just going to magically disappear once you've overcome that one stress, right? So it's not like you're going to overcome that one stress and you're like, yes, good. And then something else happens and you're like, fuck man, what the hell is wrong with me? That, that mentality is never going to get you ahead because you're not realizing that stress is a normal part of your daily life and that our job is just learning how to manage around it. So I put on pretty dresses and make jokes. My girlfriend runs 30K. We all have our ways to manage stress and you got to find yours. Okay, so next is getting enough rest and sleep. Okay, so we know that our body needs time to rest and recuperate and rebuild muscles, but it also needs time to recover from those stressful events, right? So making sure that we get enough rest is so important in that piece of the pie. And it's so, so important that I'm going to dedicate an entire episode just to sleep in this five-part series. So another really good way that you can manage stress is just learning how to manage your time effectively. So ways that I've, like I'm shitty at time management or like maybe I just overschedule too much. Maybe that's what my downfall is. But ways that I've been able to kind of like counteract this and so it's not so stressful as I have, I've talked about it lots of times on here before, is but I have an online virtual assistant that does all my booking. So I don't have to do all that finicky part of my business and it really does free up time. I mentioned I do um, the grocery takeout. That's another way that I've been able to manage my time, right? Because for me to go grocery shopping, it was like a three or three hour ordeal because it takes me half an hour to drive there. It took me about an hour to like be in the store, find what I need. I'd give about 20 minutes for finding specialty items specifically for gluten-free or label reading. And then packing up my Jeep and driving back home. We're at three hours minus the Starbucks run. So it was a lot. So when I could source that out and just do it like at nine o'clock from my bed and then they bring it to me, that freed up a lot of time for me every week. So just learning how to manage your time more effectively is really going to help you manage your stress overall. Um, another thing you can do is set appropriate limits and learn to say no. I mean, this is a whole podcast episode in itself. I feel like I have recorded this particular episode, um, but just learning how to say no and 
prioritizing your time and what you can fill in it is going to be really helpful to managing stress. Making time for your hobbies and interests as opposed to, you know, saying yes to things that maybe you don't want to do, that's just going to help you lead a fuller life. Um, Maybe at first you're going to have a little bit of guilt, but you're going to see that like overall you're a better person when you engage in things that you're interested in things that you want to do as opposed to things that you don't want to do. And you're going to see that the more that you can sit in that light of, yeah, I want to be in the things that I'm good at, then that feels really good. And you want to be there more. Uh, Lastly, you know, seek out social support, spending enough time with people that you enjoy. So yeah, doing the things, but also doing the things with the people that you love, um, doing those things with, that's really important. For me, I'm a real social person. So I need that in my life to help me manage stress. It helps me (laughs) make those stupid cracks that I'm like making to myself about my life and like nobody's laughing. It's just me. (laughs) So, you know, checking in with friends and family is a really good way to seek out that social support. Um, And just trying to avoid relying on substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, compulsive behaviors, that kind of thing to reduce your stress. Because usually those aren't really getting to the root of the problem. And it's not that you need to get to the root of the problem. It's just that you don't want to create another problem. So those are my best tips and tricks about how to maybe decipher if you like, maybe it is a hormonal situation you're going through and not depression or anxiety. Um, Because as women, our cycles dictate so much of our behavior, um, our fluctuations and even just like weight as well as behavior or yeah, (laughs) weight as well as behavior. Um, So really checking in with yourself. And thinking like, what about all of this could be true? Thinking back to that gigantic laundry list of symptoms that I gave you earlier in the episode of things that can be pointing towards signs of perimenopause and just knowing that this is a normal part in our evolutionary cycle in the way that we age. And it's all about aging well. And so that is the focus of this five-part series that I am putting on specially for you with no guests. I'm hoping that actually a few of you are going to be like, oh my gosh, I want to speak to this. And head on over to creenalanting.com and apply to be on the podcast and tell us more about some of these topics that I'm going to be diving into in the Age Well series. So I told you at the beginning, I'm going to reiterate it again. We're going to be going over movement, how that affects our aging process and how it can help slow down or speed up depending on how much or how little we move. I'm also going to be talking a lot about sleep and rest and the important factors that go into like deciding how much that is for each of us. Uh, I can be quoted as saying in the past, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And boy, I feel like, again, that concussion just knocked that shit right out of my head because that was nonsense. Um, I'm also going to be going over nutrition a lot in detail and how eating a proper balanced diet can help us age so, so well and so gracefully. And then another complete episode on supplements. So typically when people think of the word supplements, um, you think it's a dirty word, right? And I get it. You're probably thinking like I'm going to be trying to pitch some like protein at you. No, I'm going to be talking about the supplements that you should be including in your diet as you're aging that maybe you're not getting from your 
diet, right? So things like um, omegas three and sixes are really important for us to obtain. Uh, not a lot, uh, like how many of you eat fish on a regular basis, right? So like making sure that you're actually getting these omegas and vitamins and minerals, um, you know, that we need to make sure that all of these enzymatic processes continue to work and function as best as they possibly can for as long as we possibly can. That's the goal. So supplements can help increase all of um, those, you know, chemical reactions that are ha- happening within our body within a metabolo- met- metabolic realm. That was really hard for me to get out. Wow. So anyways, those are going to be the five-part series on aging well. And I'm sure you've heard by now that there was a little ad in the middle of this episode. Yes, I am. Am advertising on my podcast. Um, yeah, so uh, you guys had a really great run at an ad free experience here on Creative Talks Too Much. And hey, I'm never going to talk about things that I absolutely do not love. But I'd be remiss to just sneak an ad into this episode and not actually address it because, like, that's a dick move. And I'd hope that you think I'm not a dick. So um, I'm talking all about this age well lifestyle. Why not talk about some of the products that help me age well? So I am only recommending things that I actually use. If you slide into my DMs and ask, of course, I'm going to be like raving about these products. Um, And I've decided to include them as an advertisement in the show because I think it's a very fitting place to start with ads. Um, I do have an online store, vegan, gluten-free products, over 400 nutritional skincare, makeup, uh, you know, for ages zero to 99. And I absolutely love that business and that side of what I do online. Um, I don't use this platform to primarily grow that part of my business. What I like to do is I like to share information here on the podcast that I feel like most people are searching for. They don't know where to get it from, and I'm just going to tell it to you straight. So along with that comes my product recommendations, and the AgeVal set from Arbonne is my product recommendation for your littlest listening ears for the next little while. So I hope that I have dispelled maybe some myths regarding hormones, depression, perimenopause symptoms. I'm going to have a blog post with a bunch of resources that I think would be good for you to check out if this is something that you want to look further into. I've got some really social media friendly places for you to land on sites that are easy to digest the information and just be able to understand your body more so you can maybe take that information to your doctor and talk a little bit more. So always check out the website. I've got an episode note for every single episode of the podcast and that's where you're going to find all those clickable links that were mentioned on the show today. Until next time, I hope to hear, see, and tweet from you soon. What do you think of the solo cast? I'm so excited to be able to share the same content with you in this whole new format. But if you're anything like me and you still need your eyeballs to land on something, you're going to want to go check out the show notes section over on my blog at karinalanting.com. I'm going to have all kinds of links from the information I shared in today's episode, as well as a plethora of information on online business and health and wellness. I have a whole bunch of programs and courses there offered, so I'm sure I've got something for you. And I want to mention again my 5 Days to Gluten-Free program. Completely free and ready for you to just dive in and get all of the nitty-gritty details about what it means to truly go gluten-free and mean it.
Again, check that out on my website at karinalanting.com. Spelled out K-A-R-I-N-A-L-A-N-T-I-N-G. And I hope to see you back here again next time with my guest. She is going to kill it.